Thank you, Jennifer, for telling us what's going on at church. It is an exciting week ahead. Um, it, it's growing every day. In fact, this morning on the way to church, I got a text from a pastor friend who has an extremely large church and uh, said their kids are going to be watching online. They've never come before, and they're coming so online, and it's just it's great. So uh, it's a big week ahead, and uh, I'm excited to open God's Word. Let's do it together. Luke chapter 8 today, and I'm going to ask you to uh, get a pen to write anything down or maybe take notes on your phone. If you're watching at home, you can do the same. Go to Luke chapter 8, remove any distractions. We don't have much time in God's Word this morning, so uh, I want to look together at God's Word, and uh, we're going to finish our series called Activate. I want to begin with a question. What did you want to be when you grew up? What did you want to be when you grew up? When I was a little boy, what I wanted to be revolved around anything that involved a truck. Uh, I'd love to have been a trucker or a bus driver or a garbage man or, or a tractor guy that rode a tractor. I don't know what a tractor guy is, but just any big machine that I could, like, I just loved that. That was such a big thing. And then as high school came around, uh, I found myself uh, working at uh, a radio station, and I, I thought radio would be uh, part of my future. I have to honestly say, throughout growing up, even after high school, I had no idea I'd be a pastor. I had no interest in being a pastor. In fact, people would say, are you going to be a pastor like your dad? No, I'm not going to. I mean, just was that was... Uh, it didn't even, it wasn't even in the realm of possibility that I would be a pastor, and, and it's not that I didn't love God, I love God, I just didn't want to be a pastor, right? So, um, it's after high school, and, and you know, you're trying to find your, your way, and, and it was Pastor Harry, Jennifer's dad, who said, I think you're called to be a pastor, and I'm like, well, I think you're wrong. So, um, and he said, he goes, would you just take some time to pray about it? And I said, okay, I, I, I'll do that. I'll take some time uh, and I'll pray about it. And I love God, so I, I was being honest and I prayed about it. And a few months into it, I just felt this calling to be a pastor. So I came to the Bible college and, and, um, and here we are 30-some years later and, and uh, uh, can't imagine doing anything else. Oh, yeah, no, it's okay. That's, it's, I'm telling that story for this point because um, actually... When I went to the Bible college, it was in the late 1980s. Now, um, I know there's, there's a lot of people in the room that was, weren't even born then. So I, I, let me fill you in on what was going on in the late 1980s. If you were born, you'll definitely remember this. But man, the church was in chaos. Tele-evangelists seemed to be falling every week. Uh, you know, Jim Baker and Jimmy Swaggart had been exposed and different things had happened. And and so all of a sudden, like, there's this crashing and burning, and it wasn't just the big names. There were people everywhere, and it was just a strange time to be in Bible school, a strange time to say, okay, well, my calling is going to be a pastor when we're watching uh, just the kingdom up in flames. Unfortunately, through the years, that trend seems to have continued. Even to uh, last year and this year of mighty men and women of God falling and making horrible mistakes and disqualifying themselves from ministry and crashing and burning and hurting the kingdom, hurting the faith, and it, it's hard to watch. I, I, I've kind of seen it my whole ministry life, all these years, just, and so I want to say this today, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not your favorite person on television, not your favorite worship leader, 
not your pastor, not who you think is, you know, high and mighty. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And that's what makes this last message in our Activate series so important. We've been studying for the last eight weeks, ending right before Easter, the eight things that we are called to do as followers of Jesus. We're called to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love our neighbor as ourself, right? We have to do that. We have to be connected or added to the local church. We have to have a strong devotional life. We have to be using our gifts and service. We need to be growing and learning and maturing and sharing our faith and giving. And we've talked about all these things, and it brings us to the last one. And today we're going to talk about integrity. I think it was so right on, Jared, as your, as your word was coming to an end that that word integrity came up. I didn't know if you knew what I was preaching on today or not, but <laughs> I'm like, does he know? Like, and I didn't think you did, but it was just that word integrity came through, and it just was like, okay, God, you're speaking something loud and clear today, and so here we go. The first thing to write down, integrity is, an essent- is essential in our testimony and walk with God. Integrity is essential in our testimony and walk with God because as Jared even gave in his word, this is what was so amazing, is that our world is so comfortable with a lack of integrity. We are so comfortable saying one thing and doing another. We, we, just, we don't even see inconsistencies anymore. We just, it's just kind of this blurred line. We're not even allowed to point them out. We just do whatever we want in the moment. That seems to be the mode of operation these days. And so integrity is a big part to following Jesus. Not just talking about it, not just knowing about it, but doing it. Integrity has been defined as who you are when no one's looking. Who you are when no one's looking. When you're up front and when you're behind the scenes. In the morning and in the evening, when you're at home and when you're at work, when you're at church, that integrity is just you are who you are. And this is an important one. This last one, integrity, is important because you attend a church that doesn't check up on you. And the reason we don't is because we don't know your heart. That's between you and God. I'm not here to test if if you have a, you know, like your heart's good with God and good with other people because I can't see your heart. Only God can see your heart. We're not going to check up. I'm not keeping my eyes open during worship, looking around. Okay, who's singing? Who's got their hands up? We don't even take attendance. I don't know what anybody gives in the church, because that's between you and the Lord. We really believe that this is an act of integrity. Now, I'm the shepherd. We love, we lead, we feed. We are here to set the table so that you can come and be a part of it, but your heart before the Lord, that's you. That's the Holy Spirit. These things are essential in our life, all eight of them that we've been talking about, loving God, serving, giving, sharing our faith, just, you know, all of these things are so important. So just because we don't check up on them doesn't mean they're not important because God says in his word that obedience is the highest thing. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Do what it says. You can't just come and listen. And walk out of these doors and do whatever you want. 
You can't just come and know, okay, these are the eight things I'm supposed to do, and then not do them. You don't deceive yourself. Do what God asks you to do. Jesus said it this way in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, you'll follow me. And loving God and following Jesus requires obedience. Loving God and following Jesus requires obedience. It, it requires integrity that, that I will live out what I know. And that living out, that obedience actually brings spiritual growth. It produces fruit in our life. And so today I want to look at Luke chapter 8 together. And if you have your Bibles there, we're going to begin in verse 4. And we're going to look at this uh, parable that Jesus says. It says, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because it had no moisture. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. And Jesus said, This is the meaning of the parable. The, the seed is the word of God. Those who walk along the path, or those along the path, are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so, they, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky road are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with noble and good hearts who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Jesus tells this parable, and most of the time when he tells a parable, he just tells it and he walks away. There's no explanation given. But in, in this case, the disciples say, can you tell us what this means? And so Jesus says, yes, I'm going to tell you that there's four levels. There's four levels of, of obedience, four levels of integrity, four levels of our attitude towards God's Word. I brought a packet of seeds uh, today, and if I planted these seeds, I, I hope they would look like the picture when they grew, and it would be beautiful and colorful and lovely. But how many of you know if I just tear off the top, open my front door, throw the seeds out, not a lot's going to happen with these seeds, right? See, Jesus says we, we've got to see how we're receiving his word. Four attitudes very quickly today. Number one, the wayside attitude. That's the attitude where it's just the word of God goes out, but it's like throwing it out on the sidewalk. It's never going to grow. The birds are going to come and eat it, and it's going to seem as though the word was preached, it was shared, but it was completely wasted because there was no action on the word. And Jesus talks about this, and he's, he's saying it's like having a hard heart, a hard heart that's maybe made hard by sin or by, 
by the evil one, or, or maybe it's by the flesh where you just, um, you know, just you got pride, you got bitterness, you got all these things going on, and you just can't receive the word of God because those things and, and those sins, they harden our heart. Think of it like somebody who works with their hands and, and over the years as they keep working and the blisters turn into calluses because they just keep working and working and they have those calluses on their hands. Think about that with your heart. If there's just that thing on your heart that keeps building up and building up, building up so that it, your heart's so hard that you can't receive God's word. Hebrews 13 or 3.13 says, Exhort one another daily lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We don't want to have a hard heart. The Bible tells us that, that we can ask God, God, will you remove our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh? We can do that, but, but don't have that hard, hard attitude. If there's anything you need to take out of your life, do that today. The next one is a stone attitude. The stone attitude, there is a, a layer of soil, so the seed goes in and it takes ground and begins to grow, but it, it, it hits something. It, it can't get its roots down deep to draw any water. And so when the sun comes out, it completely scorches it. And Jesus thinks of this as somebody that's just kind of this shallow listening. I'm, I'm hearing, I'm receiving, I'm going to do it. But then trouble comes. And it's like, I don't want to go through this hassle. I, I don't want to be persecuted. I don't, I'm, I don't like all these obstacles. And, and so what we end up doing is we end up living our life based on how we feel rather than on our conviction to God's word. And it's like, this is too hard. This is too much trouble. I don't want to do this. And so it, we just don't, it just doesn't feel good. So I'm not going to do it. It's very easy to begin the Christian life. It's difficult to live it out. It's difficult to, to do the eight things that God asks us to do in his word. But I'm, I'm telling you, it's worth it. The third attitude that Jesus describes is the thorn attitude. It's where it begins to, to grow, and it, it seems like it's growing really good, but then all of a sudden, as it's growing, so are the weeds around it, the thorns, the thistles. Isn't that how it works in life? You know, part of the curse. We have our, our lawns, and isn't it funny how uh, the weeds grow better than the grass grows? It just, that's just life. Or if you have a garden, the weeds just, they grow better than the plants. It's, it's just how it works, and Jesus says, this is what's happening. So you have you have the, the, the good plant growing, and then there's these thorns, these thistles, these weeds that are growing. Do you remember last week I, I preached those words of Jesus, you can't serve two masters? See, there's two things growing, and, and something's going to choke out the other one. And let me just tell you, the weeds will always choke out the plant if you don't get rid of the weeds. And so there's this, this growing up, but we're, oh God, I'm just too busy right now. There's this going on, and that little life, and oh God, you just... You don't know what I'm going through. And, just, uh, and, and, and one is going to win. And when we just let the cares of this life drain us, we're going to miss out on what God has for us. The last attitude is the good attitude. It's, the, it's the, the seed that finds good ground. It's the seed that produces. It's the seed that grows. It's the seed that, that receives God's word. And it meditates on God's word. And it and it acts on God's word. It's that good ground. It's that John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me kind of ground. It's that perseverance that says, I am going to follow through with this because nothing grows to maturity overnight, right? So it's that good ground saying, okay, God, you say it in your word and I'm just going to live this out. 
no questions asked. That's what's going to produce good things inside of you. So here today, I'm going to ask you this question. Which soil are you? Which soil are you? Now, what's easy to do is to think of your spouse's soil. Or your neighbor's soil. Or your kid's soil. You know, it's easy to, to, to label other people's soil, but I'm talking about your soil. And you're probably saying, well, Pastor Daryl, we are good soil. I mean, we're here Sunday morning, early, cold, drizzly kind of day. And we came to church. We, we tuned in online. We're here. We're the good soil, right? I don't know. I don't know your heart. So let me talk about my heart, because that's what I do know. And, and so here's the honest truth. If I had to pick which soil am I, I would have to answer, I'm all of them. I'm all of those soils. That there are times when God is speaking to me and I'm not listening. I just, I just for some reason, I'm tuned out, something's going on. And God's speaking, and uh, maybe I got a podcast going, or uh, I got my Bible playing or something, but I am, it's just gone, because I'm not even really listening. It's just, it's just out there, and it's stolen, and, and there are moments and days like that. There's other times when I, when I hear, but it's just, it's too hard right now, Jesus. I, I can't do it right now. I can do it tomorrow, but I can't do it. I just, there's just, there's just trouble, and I don't feel like doing it, to be honest with you, that kind of thing, and, and so there's days like that. There's other days where I'm like, yes, we're going to do it. Yes, 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 we're, let's do this. And then I get busy, and the cares of this life come up, and it always chokes out the good, because that's just how life works. And then there's other times where I hear God's Word, I obey God's Word, and it's like, yes, and it produces fruit, and there's growth, and I love it, and I'm excited. Like today in worship, you're just like, yes, God, you're here. And and it's just like these good moments, and you're like, that's what I want with you, God, all the time. I want to be good soil. I want to listen and obey. And so I'm telling you this, but I'm actually preaching to myself when I say, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart that you are good soil. Guard your attitude. Guard your integrity. That you aren't just saying one thing and doing another, but that you are living this out. Be careful to receive and, 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 and put into practice God's word. Pay attention when he's speaking to you. Don't be shallow or superficial. Don't let the cares of this life overtake you. Remove the stones and the thorns. Re remove pride. Remove bitterness. Remove sin. Those things that are keeping us from obeying God's Word. Let God's Word come in and break you and mold you and teach you. Let it take strong root inside of you. And most of all, take action. Live God's Word out. And, and, and keep doing it. Persevere. Don't give up. Give it time. It will produce good things in your life. It will produce a hundredfold in your life if you obey God's Word. If you go on a diet, you're not going to be skinny overnight. If you begin working out, you're not going to have muscles overnight. You have to keep at it. That's what God is saying in his word. Persevere. Act with integrity. That, that, that what I ask you to do, do it. When no one's looking, do it. 
Listen and be good ground. Guard your heart because there is power in integrity. These things before we go this morning. There's power in integrity. Four things that God's Word says. First of all, there's credibility. It, it involves your reputation. It makes the gospel attractive, and God can use you. When you operate with integrity, when your life matches up with your actions, there's credibility. There, there's, a, there's a reputation there, and that's number two. And I have a little sign in my office that says, Be strong. You never know who you're inspiring. You never know who's watching you. You never know... Uh, who's got their eyes on you. And so I just encourage you to walk with integrity. It tells us in Titus 2.10, then they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. Another translation says pleasing in every way. And so we actually make God and his word attractive when we actually live it out. And then finally, God can use you. When you live a life of integrity, that's when God can use you. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 9.27, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul, the Apostle Paul, maybe the greatest Christian to ever live, says, I, I want to be careful how I live because I don't want to disqualify myself. I, I don't want to do something that would disqualify my preaching and, and all that I've done and all the churches I've planted and all the missions work and he didn't even know he was writing the Bible when he wrote the Bible, but just, I don't want to disqualify myself from anything, and so I am going to live a life of integrity. That's what we're called to do. See, following Jesus with integrity matters. That's why we save it for the last, because I'm not going to check up on you. I'm just going to, I'm going to keep preaching it. We're going to keep living it, and you have to check your heart and say, am I doing the things that God is asking me to do? Because these are non-negotiable actions in following Jesus. And so what works for me, I'll give you a hint, what works for me is I put it on my calendar. And I actually put it in a time on my calendar. I do not put things on a to-do list when it comes to following Jesus because it's so easy to not do things on your to-do list or move them to the next day. So I put a time on my calendar when I'm going to pray and when I'm going to read God's Word, when I'm going to reach out to Leslie and, and communicate and talk, and, and, and then what I'm going to do that with the boys and, and just all these things that God asked me to do, has called me to do, when am I going to do them? They're going to be on my calendar, and when it pops up on my calendar, that's when I do them. It works for me. Maybe you need to add church to your calendar and say, okay, every time we're going to be there, Saturday night, Sunday morning, online, in person, I am going to meet with God's people. Put it on the calendar to read the Bible, to pray, to do what God has called you to do. Put those things in your calendar, and when they pop up, stop everything and do them, and you will see good soil. You will see fruit. And it's not just for you either. Did you know that, that your integrity blesses others? It says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, the righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. Did you know that when you walk integrity, you're not only blessing everyone around you, you're blessing the next generation. We need to walk in integrity. That's what God is calling us to do, and so we'll end with this. I find it interesting that this is the sermon for Palm Sunday. It wasn't planned this way. We just planned to finish before Easter, and so integrity fell today. And, and I can't help but think back to Palm Sunday when everybody was there, right? It was probably a worship service much like today with everybody shouting and singing, and, and we had palm branches, and, you know, they're throwing their count, quotes down on the ground as Jesus walks in, proclaiming him king, Hosanna to the son of David, and they're just they're worshiping and worshiping. I have no doubt that it was real. I have no doubt that they meant it in their hearts. 
but their hearts were exposed that week. Something happened between Sunday and Friday that the wayside and the stones and the thorns got in, and then very few had the good ground at the end because at Friday they're yelling, crucify him. The same ones that said, you know, hey, we worship you, Jesus, crucify him. Are you the same person on Friday that you are on Sunday? Will you be the same person this coming Friday that you are today here in church? I believe you will be. I believe that God's word is finding good ground. I'm proclaiming it. I'm prophesying it over you. That God's word today has found good ground in your heart. That we are receiving it and that we are going to act on it and we're going to live it out. And we're going to come back on Easter and then we're going to come back the week after Easter and the week after. And we're going to be walking in integrity with God. Amen. Uh, I don't play poker, uh, but I watch it on TV. And not on purpose. It just comes up on a channel and I'm mesmerized because I, I know I would be the worst poker player ever. I do not have the poker face. I got the smile. And as soon as I got that hand, I'd be like, oh, yeah. You know, and I, 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 I just have diarrhea of the mouth. I would just, oh, yeah, here we go. Just, and I would let everybody know, you know, how, how good a hand I had. And so that's just, so I know I wouldn't be good at it. So I like watching and just how they do it, it's just the human element of it. And I always love it when the one person just goes all in, just pushes all the chips into the middle of the table. And they usually push it in and they stand up and they walk away. The crowd gasps and then starts to cheer and they're walking around because there's no turning back at that point, right? He can't say, oh, wait, I made a mistake. No, he pushed it all in. It's, it's in now. It's in the pot. It, it's, it is going down right now. And it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad, but it's going down. God is calling us right now in this moment of history to say, okay, I am all in, Jesus. I'm all in. I'm pushing all my chips in because God has dealt you a hand with gifts and abilities that you will have victory when you say, God, I am all in and I am walking in integrity. And I want to speak this because some of you may say, well, you know, I have a checkered past. You know, I, I have a checkered past more than art shirt there in the back. It, it's just, I have a checkered past. Let me tell you this. This is so important. This is the word of the Lord. Integrity starts today. Integrity starts today. And you know what? Tomorrow morning when you get up, integrity starts that day. Integrity starts every morning because yesterday's integrity doesn't take care of today's integrity. Yesterday's past mistakes don't affect today's integrity. We walk in integrity every single day. When we wake up, God, I am following you. I am all in. And Lord, whatever has happened in the past, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that there's no condemnation. And now we are walking and obeying you. Integrity begins today. Amen. 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 All right, I've gone over. Let's pray. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Leanne, can I throw you a curveball? Can you just, uh, acapella, just, just uh, I've decided to follow Jesus. <laughs> 